Welcome back to the Value Adds Value podcast. My name is Kyle Krieger, and I am here with my co-host and co-founder, Wilkie V. Law III. We want to thank you for taking time to listen and share your stories with us. We appreciate you, whether you're listening on SoundCloud, on YouTube, on iHeartRadio, or on iTunes. We are a podcast for educators created from a six-year conversation between us, two educators from different backgrounds and journeys that discovered that the true value in education is in the connections that teachers make with their students and the relationships that develop from that connection. The purpose of our podcast is to provide educators a platform to share their voices with others, make those connections, and to return value to the classroom experience and the teaching craft. Above all, we believe that when you add value to yourself, you add value to others. So welcome to Value Adds Value. Folks, welcome back to episode number seven of season two of the Value Adds Value podcast. My name is Kyle Krieger. I'm thrilled to be here with you. And as always, to be with my guy, W.V. Wilkie, the law, the third. What's good, my brother? What up? What up, up, man? I'm excited right now, man. Yeah. Getting a weekend under our belt after... um, I call it a marathon of yeah. conferences. Um, yeah. Yeah. You know, it was almost like a, I guess we can call that our, our, our double crown. Yeah. 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 <clears throat> double shot of conferences. But I, you know, it took me kind of the whole week to get my, my feet back underneath me. Cause we were going to bed at, you know, after mid, well, I mean, I'm sorry for you. That's normal for me. That's not normal to go to bed after midnight and be up by six. Um, but, uh, what we're referring to is we spent the past weekend, um, actually part of the week and weekend at AIE and teach your heart out, which both happened to be <clears throat> held at the Henry B. Gonzalez convention center in San Antonio. So, um, yeah, to give you a little background, we, we both presented at AIE and we are uh, on what we would call the crew for Teach Your Heart Out where we just help do set up and tear down and, and, and do whatever we can. But both were incredible, um, incredible learning environments. But do you want to start, Will, by talking about just a little bit um, about the difference between AIE and Teach Your Heart Out in terms of who they're really, I guess, targeting maybe is the word I would use. But but you know the the demographic of people in terms of the educational practices that were at, different between the two. Um, well, I think looking at AIE, AIE is more from what I've seen. It's more leadership, more administrative. Um, <clears throat> you have more of your district people, more of your campus leaders. Um, that code there and there were there were sprinkles of teachers uh but the majority of the people that we engaged with there were uh were district and campus leadership whereas teacher heart out is you know i I always like to use the analogy they're the boots on the ground people you know not to say that the principals and 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 campus leaderships are not boots on the ground they are uh but when we're talking about boots on the ground i'm referring to the people that are in the trenches uh, and I know there are principals, please no one take this the wrong way, who are in the trenches with them. But you get the idea of what I'm saying. Like, it's more of your your, your grassroots teachers 
because uh, even the leadership sessions that I went to with Teach Your Heart Out, there was there was smaller numbers than in the uh, sessions that were for general teachers. Uh, the different grade level specific uh, sessions. So I think even that, that alone can kind of show, and I, I love the fact that Teach Your Heart Out just now putting that, adding that element to it, because there were, you know, we had a principal who of a pre-K case campus who shut down her whole campus and, and, and her, her whole team came. They, they shut the doors on Friday. They, they, they gave the students the day off and they came to uh, teach your heart out. So, you know, it's, um, they're adding to the repertoire of who the demographic they're trying to reach to. But as of right now, it's a, it's, it's a marked difference between the two conferences. Mm-hmm. And, and it was really, you know, it was just fortuitous that we were we were able to double up. Yeah, because literally we, we we both got in. You know, almost a, it was eleven o'clock by the time we got to mm-hmm. our hotel in San Antonio Wednesday night, and we were right away um, back at it Thursday morning. I was I was I was happy because I had been I had been waiting two months to to ask you to be my best man. So if if that hasn't been announced on on the podcast, Wilkie is indeed my best man when I get married. But you know, I I had been I've been engaged two months and I'd been waiting to ask him in person. So you know we got that out of the way. But um so shout out to Will for doing that. But you know we and as soon as Yeah man and as but as soon as we got in Wednesday night and right away Thursday morning we were we were up and going um you know, starting out with uh, Marsha Tate. Oh my goodness, Doctor Tate. Oh, oh my gosh. Oh my goodness, man. Like I had read her books. Um, you know, for those of you that don't know, and she joked about being the dendrite lady, <laughs> and that's because her book "Worksheets Don't Grow Don't Grow Dendrites" is kind of a seminal work. It's classic in the education space if you're mm-hmm. into brain research and technology. And I'm sorry, she told us not to tell this joke, but I'm going to tell it on the podcast, I feel like, because these are all adults. Uh, my favorite joke that she told was, what did, the, what did the doe, the female deer, what did the doe say when she came out of the bushes? Do you remember the punchline? I do. What did she I'll, say? I'll never do that for a buck again. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my God! But um, yeah. So, what what did you think of of Dr. Tate's presentation? Because I was I was blown away by it. I, I, literally blown away. Uh, my wife had um, previously seen her at a TASB event that she went to uh, in Galveston, and came back with raving reviews of her and her personality and the energy. I think Dr. Tate actually pulled my wife on stage to do the activity that we did with the arm. My wife was part of, she actually, you know, got to interact with her that way. Um, so I was excited to know that she was the keynote and I wanted to really, you know, see it. I love the fact that she went the direction with the power of positive thinking. Um, like that's where she went into, and you know, even her examples of the comedians who, who live their life in laughter, how they live longer. Um, you know, that people say, you know, you always used to hear people say it takes more muscle, more energy to frown than it does to smile. Um, and, you know, she kind of put, you know, put some nuts and bolts on those things. And I think that right. we're living in a time where 
brain research and learning are, are so joined. Like there are so many people that are doing some good work and some good studies in it that if as educators, we really start paying attention, we can revolutionize how we present our lessons and change things that we do in our classroom. Not based on, but based, you know, not based on superficial data that we know could or could not be, but based on cognitively where this kid should be and what would engage, what, what has been shown to engage the mind in certain things. And so I think that that being, being in the same room with her and the different ways she had us to challenge us to look at how we view certain, certain situations. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then we had a chance to go see uh, who we're thrilled, who is, is Tupac. We're, we're thrilled to say she's two podcast uh, episodes away. Brandy Gratton from Austin. Um, her presentation was amazing on her school um, in Austin and their discipline policy and that. But I don't think we're going to go too much into that because we want to save that for when she's when she gets here, when she's here in a couple weeks. So just just be on the lookout for that. But she works at an all boys school uh, in East Austin and just talking about how they have shifted the mindset of their their discipline with their boys is um, is something that we're really excited to share with you. So then uh, another one. Another one had the chance to see Principal Cafele for the first time. Oh, man. And I have to say, man, from from watching his videos on LinkedIn and YouTube, um, to following him on Twitter, um, to being uh, in groups that he posts in on Facebook, um, he did not disappoint. Um, <clears throat> So inspiring. I think he brings a very, man, I can't even. This session was critical leadership questions for inspiring the growth in your school. And some of the questions that he asks, you know, are questions that, you know, I think that every person should be asking themselves about what is your impact having on your campus? You know, we always look at it from, you know, campuses from the standpoint of, you know, what am I doing with the students? But understanding that we all are leaders within our campuses, what are we doing to to drive the culture of our campus? You know, one of the things that he wrote, uh, do I ensure, uh, no, where's the question? I wrote it down. Um, is my leadership driven by a leadership philosophy that is, that has culminated into a leadership style, which is now habitual and can be articulated. Mm-hmm. And that was when he was talking about, can he go into a room and see you, school leader, without you being there? Mm-hmm. You know, can, when I walk the halls, do I see you, school leader, as, you're, as I'm going through the hallway without you? Do your students reflect who you are? And um, I said that that was a big challenge um, as a as a school leader because I even asked myself that as a as a teacher leader, you know, what am I doing to inspire that? Am I am inspire that that greatness and achievement within the teachers that I lead? I apologize that we have to take this short break from this episode of the Value Adds Value podcast, but we have news that's so important we just couldn't wait to tell you because we believe in it. 
and because they believe in us, we were able to partner with Nearpod to provide you a free opportunity and discounts on your chance to use the Nearpod platform. Now, what is Nearpod? Glad you asked. Nearpod is an online teaching platform that we can house our lessons, we can create presentations, and they have the most incredible bank of pre-created lessons and curriculum that is there for you to sample depending upon what level you choose. So if you go to the link that's in our show notes, I'm going to give it to you right now. It's go.nearpod.com backslash value adds value. That's go.nearpod.com backslash value adds value you have the opportunity to sign up for free plus get huge discounts on their gold and their platinum memberships and for a few lucky listeners soon we're going to be giving away gold memberships and one platinum so keep listening and we'll let you know when that's going to happen but before that is get on go to go.nearpod.com backslash value adds value to check it out Mm-hmm. And it, like I say, it challenged me in a lot of ways. Um, yeah, yeah, you know, and and he started with a simple qu- question, you know, like, why do I lead? Why? Mm-hmm. And then he moved it to, why do I need to lead? And then he moved it to, why do I need to lead the? Why do I lead the way, the way that I lead? The way that I lead. <laughs> and then it, and then he hit it with that question. You said, "Is are you leading based out of a leadership philosophy?" that is can be habitual and you can articulate and the point of it was if your leadership philosophy isn't something that creates habits and can be easily articulated there people aren't going to understand it and that's what he means by like your example of if he walks into a classroom he wants to see you know be able to see and feel the principal without them being there and that's when you have a leadership philosophy that is rooted in habits that are easily articulated. So everyone's on the same page with what the vision of it was. And I just loved it. Cause he was, Oh my God, if he would have, if there wouldn't have been another session coming in, we would have been in there for an, an, another hour, uh, absolutely hour that we already had. So that was, that was incredible. Absolutely. And then Miss Kim Bearden. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Another one who, you know, hearing her story and her interactions with Ron Clark in the Ron Clark Academy, um, you know, it gave me hope for, you know, my wife and her school that we're we're working on right now currently. Um, and I actually have read her book. You know, I just I had just finished her book um, this summer, The Six Principles of Effective Communication. And those principles that she gave were just spot on really for what we of how we could do how we should deal with not only just students but parents as well and I think that's something that we oftentimes um forget you know one of the big thing the number one thing that she had was her first principle was consideration do you consider the person that you that you're talking with you know do you consider what situation they're in you know, do you consider who they are, what they may be going through, what they may have encountered before they do you do you even think about that? Um, but it's like I say, overall, man, when I read the book um, this summer, I kept saying to myself, again, trying to put something in my toolbox that um, 
I know will make me more of an effective uh, school leader and a community leader, because all those things, everything that it takes to be great in the classroom for a teacher prepares us for for what we what we face every day. And um, that value is is huge. Um, so her ability to um, to communicate that man, it was like I say, and the high energy. I mean, it's almost like having. Uh, Ron Clark up there, you know, because she was climbing on the table. She, she's not as high energy as Ron, you know. He mm-hmm. when he was at at our convocation, I mean, he was all over the place. So, but you could see his leadership again. Going back to what Principal Caffelli said, can I see? Can I see you without you being there? And I can definitely say I can definitely see Ron's influence in her. Mm-hmm. And her influence on him. Yep, absolutely. Hearing her voice now, you can see, okay, that wasn't all Gene Willie Ron. That was, you can see, you know what I mean? You can get to kind of start picking those influences out. Well, and, um, and the thing that stood out to me is, you know, we see on Instagram and online that all these people were saying they're RCA inspired. And, and you know, they talk about the the room decorations and the slides and all the parties and everything that it sees. but they're still rooted in Mm -hmm. like really solid teaching practices with really solid leaders. And, you know, even her as a founder, she's still teaching classes during the day. Mm -hmm. And so Mm -hmm. is Ron, you know, so Mm -hmm. it was nice to hear it kind of from the horse's mouth, what the school is really like, you know, because you see so much online and you can get a misconception about what it actually is. But that was, she was fantastic as well. So, Mm -hmm. Yeah, man, let's talk about um, Old School Strategies, New School Tools, presented by one, Wilkie V. Law III. Oh, man, it was, it was amazing. I, I really have to say that those, um, the participants were amazing. They really gave in. I think that the session went really well. Um, I, you know, normally we like to reflect right afterwards. and. We didn't get this opportunity this time because we immediately went straight into uh, sessions over at Teach Your Heart Out. But um, the people, you know, people were very receptive. They had a lot of questions about, you know, the platform because we talked about how you don't have to get rid of some of those old school strategies that you use, you know, especially as a math teacher, the pencil and paper, as a reading teacher with being able to have read alouds and insert passages. Uh, as a science social studies teacher, you can embed videos to guide the instructions. Um, it could be teacher-led or student-led. You can see the level of engagement, who's on the site. Who, you know, like going through all of that with Nearpod, it really reinvigorated me to what I know Nearpod can do. Um, you know, I've already created two lessons to start up our second nine weeks to go in where, as we're going into integers because I think that that'll be super dope to have the kids do that entire lesson in Nearpod. And, I'm practicing the same thing I tell teachers. When you get something that's great, learn it first. Learn it first. Practice it in small sessions. Build it. Play with it. Send it to yourself. We were sending sessions, you know, our sessions back and forth to each other to see what it looks like on different platforms. Um, And I think that when we do that, uh, we really get the gist of it. But like I say, the people were really respective uh, of what it was. The expectations were clear. I uh, got a good response afterwards. Um, mm-hmm. It felt pretty good when I walked into the room, though, that the um, 
I think it's John was his name, the uh, technical guy for the Gonzalez and or the, the crew that, that did the audio visual. He's like, hey, I remember you last year you were here. Uh, we had problems with the with the sound. You know, you were with your, uh, you had a young lady with you. And I was like, yeah, that was my wife. He's like, yeah, you know. So it was kind of good to see that he remembered me uh, when right. I walked in. And, um, and um, you know, man, big shout out to AIE, man, for putting together a great conference of, some powerful, powerful people that really kind of put put us in a frame of frame of mind that we need to be in to move forward in education. Yeah, and I presented what we came to call it building digital character, character. which was a play off of digital citizenship, um, which we still are really proud. Like I was really proud of the presentation. I was really proud of the concept. Um, but only one teacher showed up and it, and it was myself and one teacher and the Texas A&M San Antonio, um, uh, teacher who was, or I guess what's the teacher in training. She's at, mm -hmm. uh, Texas A&M San Antonio. And we just had a really, um, in-depth conversation. I, I, we all sat down on one table and I went through the presentation slides and we just kind of talked about the challenges of our students in in building digital character and the question we started out with was what comes first citizenship or character and you know in that question we felt like we really could talk with teachers about helping our students really learn how to merge their life in person with their life online and have those two things be as congruent as they possibly can but um it was a really great session but in reflecting on it you and i talking about the differences we're we're kicking around some options um we we talked a little bit about why we think it didn't um take off as much as we thought it would why there was only one person that came um you know we talked about the title maybe not being descriptive enough or um, enticing enough. We talked about maybe a different conference would um, have made a difference, but I'm kind of set on, and we we're kicking around the fact that maybe it's should be a student program. Maybe mm -hmm. we just had the wrong audience. So um, that was where I was at on that. But I think it's the right audience, though. I mean, I'm not gonna let you. I think it's the right audience. I think it wasn't packaged right. Yeah. Because that's the audience that's going to get it to the students. Right. So it's just packaging it in a way to where they understand that what we're presenting to you is an opportunity, uh, is a curriculum that you can go and take back to your classroom versus me trying to educate you on why you should go and do it. Right. Because the nuts and bolts of what, what, what we created and developed through that is, is, is solid. It's solid. I mean, it's 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 evidence based. It's it's um, there's nothing like I said. There's no there are very few holes that can be poked in it. Right. Uh, as far as the need and the importance of what it is, it's just it was. I don't think it was packaged in the right way mm -hmm. to present to those people because again, they those are the those are people that's going to drive the tool to the students. Right. right. So we went from both of our sessions straight over to Teach Your Heart Out with our crew. 
Uh, it was great to see everybody. Um, thoughts on Teach Your Heart Out? You know, this has got to be in see Vegas, Atlanta, Bahamas. So this is our fourth. So thoughts sure, on didn't you didn't you do what no? I went one? I went to a pep talk. The pep talk, right? Um, you know, I'll be honest with you. You said four. That that was our fourth. It feels like I've we've known them a lot longer, mm-hmm. and we. I mean, like it. The the relationship with the organizers, um, Lisa, Michelle, Tasha. Uh, Dwayne, uh, Jody, Jody, Eric, like, Casey, Eric, Casey. I mean, like the 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 energy that they provide, man, is definitely a spark that I, I you know I told Lisa that every every teacher in America should should at some point attend a teacher heart out. Um, that's the type of energy that I feel. I think that that's they build on those missing elements within education while giving you still solid strategies and things that you can go and take back to your classroom and do and be effective in right now. Um, uh, you know, I, I left straight from my session and went straight into J.R. Rivera's session um, on Reach Then Teach, um, the power of making those connections with students before you try to teach them anything. Um, which was amazing. I mean, you know, we had Jr. on. Uh, oh, what was that? He was one of the first. Uh, like, we're on episode two hundred ish. He was like the like the fortieth episode. So he was like one of the first two people we ever interviewed that was outside of our immediate sphere. Right, right. I remember that. Um, so, and to sit and see him, you know, in in person and actually get to, you know, talk with him and engage with him. Like I say, not just him for for the background knowledge of who I know who, of who he is. His session was very powerful. Um, a lot of good things came out of it. A lot of, you know, I, I love to tell people that when, as a presenter, especially as an educator, education presenter, I want to make sure that I model those strategies that they should be using in the classroom while they're presenting information so they can see that it works in almost all environments. And the fact that he was able to bring things in, like the certain norms and how to address the norms within our group culture and tied it into how this is what it should look like in your classroom. You know, don't have a different expectation for your classroom. Set that standard and hold it. Um, and I think you went over to Casey. I went to I went to I, I saw Casey and Jamela twice back to back. So um, I saw Casey and Casey Bethel and Jamela Coe's. Uh, I now pronounce you co-teach, um, which is an incredible session um, talking about how we can improve the co-teaching relationship. Um, and I don't have a co-teacher, but I do have educational assistants with me every period, um, which is important to to include them and have that relationship. And then uh, it's the second time I've seen their talk on equity, but it's just, man. Man, it blew me away. So um, that was super good. We got to catch the end or catch Monica Genta again, um, who is just like, she's like pouring 10 Red Bulls in a funnel 
and drinking them all at once. That's that's Monica Genta in um, in a nutshell. Um, but so sound. I mean, and that's like the thing, you know. And I wanted to ask you, how do you feel like that? Con- you know, because this month we're talking about reflection. How do you feel like that conference has changed over the year plus that we've been a part of it? Um, I've seen it get more. Um, academic that would but that was that was the exact word that i would have used um because in the beginning i i think it was a lot and it's still there that that element of your teaching your heart out is still there but i think the infusion of curriculum um and strategies and 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 bringing people on board to address those things i think it really sets it sets them in a really good spot mm-hmm. um you know always good to see uh the principal gary brooks um <laughs> get a gary brooks hug <laughs> he tried to he had a, a pink wig on at the um at the the pink out party which was hilarious and um Got to see the Mr. Derryberry in his Mr. Derryberry costume, but um, yeah, man, it was just an incredible time. And you know, I'm I'm a little disappointed because I don't know when my next one's going to be. Probably won't be till the summer. Um, because being that I'm at a new school, I've almost already capped out my personal time for the year. So, um, but hoping uh, for those of you that have never been to a teacher hard out, if you're West Coast, San Diego in March. Um, if you're in the Northeast Toronto this coming summer in 2020, uh, and if you're like me, you're a Midwesterner, Minneapolis Mall of America in, uh, the fall of 2020 is what they've got coming up next year. And then, um, signups and, uh, registration for teacher art out cruise 2021 to, I think it's Mexico this time, isn't the it? The Western Caribbean, yes, sir. We're gonna do key we're doing Key West, um Key West and uh Cozumel. Yeah, 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 yeah. So that's gonna be awesome for them. Um, but you know, to round it out, I I got something I say, and I had a chance to tell Eric and I didn't get a chance to tell Casey and and Tasha and um and Lisa and everybody but I mean for me I told Eric like I don't 100% I'm a different person in terms of an educator since I started cuz that first one that we went to was right after that job ended 2 years ago mm-hmm. and for me to have had I, I think the biggest difference with me going into the to to teaching this year and it's I have a great community in my school but to have built a community around myself of teachers that I know believe the same thing um, and, and have kind of really insulated me from the difficult parts has been incredible. So I'm uh, eternally grateful to the Teacher Heart Out fam uh, for how they've supported us and, and just the work that they're doing, man. So if you haven't uh, been to a Teacher Heart Out, you need to get out there. Um, if you haven't bought yourself anything from the right self chicks you're missing out because they're like the most comfortable shirts in the history of the world um pretty soon i'm going to be able to wear a different teacher heart out shirt every day of the week i have to say i really like the pink one. Oh, 
I actually had to buy nice. a pink one. I went ahead and bought a pink one for my wife too because I wanted her to. Uh, yes. I, I say we don't have enough matching shirts, so we'll get to go. And uh, yeah, uh, I'm and I told Eric I'm hoping that they do some type of buffalo plaid for the Minnesota. I think it could be a real hit. Um, <laughs> for those of you that don't know, buffalo plaid is like the the black and red uh, plaid checker. Uh, basically it's like what lumberjacks used to wear. So that's why we joke. Cause you know, we're the minister. Oh God. Oh God. I can't believe I even said it. <laughs> oh, I can't believe I said that I'm a Minnesotan. It's so painful. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So the scunny boy has gone yeah. twin city. I know. <laughs> but I'm still, still a scunny boy. So, um, so just, I think we'll to wrap this one up cause we want to keep it at that 30 minute mark. Just, just well, before we before we go anywhere, I have to touch on the last two sections that I attended at Teach oh, Your Heart right. Out um, with uh, Tasha and Keisha, Tasha Wright and Keisha Mitchell. Um, man, they normally present together. Uh, they presented in two separate sessions, and they kind of piggybacked off of each other uh, about leadership and culture at the campus. Um, one was more based on PLC and how to have those critical conversations. And Keisha's was more about leadership and how do we get those, um, how do we pull that goodness out of teachers? And she did a play on Brene Brown, which, you know, you had me at Brene. Um, <laughs> when she took a spin off of her in her book, Braving the Wilderness, and how she gave an acronym for braving. And Keisha actually took it and made it applicable for, for teachers to brave. And I'll take a picture of it and we can put it out with this uh, mm-hmm. link. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it was an amazing, amazing um, session, man, that I think that when you start looking at our roles in education as leaders within our schools and our campuses and our communities, we have to really start diving into more than just academic work that's being done for school teachers, more than the, you know, the, the teachers with the, you know, the programs with great pedagogical sense. But we also have to start looking at people who just make good sense. You know, um, Dr. Tate talked about the power of positive thinking, Norman Vincent Peale, um, not an educator. You know, you and I speak a lot about James Allen as a man thinking not an education book. Um, Braving the Wilderness, not an education book. Uh, So I think that we have to start looking outside of that sphere in order to really start gaining attraction and the influence that we need in order to be successful as educators in in today's society. So big shout out AIE, teach your heart out. Um, The city of San Antonio your food is so good. Maria, Maria Mia's. Maria Mia's on the on the, <laughs> on the river walk. <laughs> I've eaten there four. I've eaten there four times in two years. Oh my god. Uh, oh yeah. Maria Mia's. But uh, and you know the people in Texas, man. Uh, I'm I'm very fortunate to call that my second home. So, and I'm. They has means friend. Tejas means friend. Tejas means friend. That's right. So we, and speaking of Tejas, the 26th of October. We'll be back. Yay. Well, yes, you'll be yes, home, yes. but I'll be back. I'll be back home. Yeah. 
I'll be back yeah. home for TCCA. We got a couple sessions rocking, and we're looking forward to that. So uh, excited to see Hamish Brewer again, man! Dude, there. we gotta we gotta I, connect with him. We gotta see if we can sit down with him while he's here. While while he's here, yeah, absolutely, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. maybe we'll, maybe we'll take him to Top Golf. See if he's gonna leave. <laughs> I don't know, man. It's gonna be it's gonna be great though. So we're uh, we're looking forward to TCCA. We're grateful for where we've been and. Oh, man, month of October, reflection month. We're looking forward to it, and we're we're looking forward to taking that into uh, November, where we start to talk about how to how to keep going up rather than right. going down during the holidays. So absolutely. So, any last things we want to leave them with before we jump out of here? Uh no, man. I I just want to encourage teachers, man, that in this time, stop looking to see what PD you have to do, and start finding PDs that you want to do, and start doing them. Eliminate the excuses. Uh, talk to several people. Uh, teach your heart out who were there on Donut Shoes Guide. Um, so there's really no excuses for us not to be able to PD on our own terms and be able to grow ourselves. No one should have to tell me what areas I need to grow in. I, I'm with myself every day. I know where my struggles are every day. And if I'm being reflective and paying attention to what I'm doing, then I, I should be able to select which PDs I need for which time of my life. And I just want to encourage teachers to do that, that, that. That is something that you have to start doing. If your district, take it to your district first. Say, hey, this is something that I'm, that's coming up. Now don't do it. You know, districts, red tape. Don't do it. Say, oh, this conference is coming up next month. Most conferences post at least a year. You know, it's like six months to a year in advance Yeah. Uh, to give teachers an opportunity to get those POs in and to get the funds together. But definitely they should take advantage of those opportunities to. Um, to, to PD on their own terms. Mm-hmm. I love it, man. So we thank you for checking in on episode seven of season two of Value Adds Value, and we'll be with you again next Sunday. All right. Peace.